Hello and welcome to Design Assembly Conversations, an interview series with New Zealand graphic designers. Design Assembly seeks to hear the stories of New Zealand graphic designers, get to know who we are and celebrate New Zealand graphic design. Hi, I'm Louise, founder of Design Assembly. Today I'm speaking to Kate Alexander. Kate Alexander started, runs, and is the creative director of Places and Graces, an interior styling company. Kate started Places and Graces after 15 years as a graphic designer, running the brand strategy and design business Studio Alexander, which she co-founded with her father, Grant Alexander. Kate has won many Best Awards and is a fellow of the Designers Institute of New Zealand. Welcome, Kate. Can you talk about your influences or mentors? Uh, well, it's easy, really, that question. Um, I grew up with a father who was a graphic designer. So from my early memories, I can remember um, I can remember going to work with him in the weekends, photocopying our hands on the photocopier. He'd bring home pens for me to do projects where he needed a kid's drawing. Um, and I, so I just sort of grew up in it really I can remember going to one of the very early photo shoots that he used to do uh, where Rachel Hunter was her very first job uh, I can remember yeah so it was it was in me I never really questioned doing anything else oh, I sh- I'll change that when I was a teenager I remember I used to um, threaten to become an accountant when I really wanted to piss my parents off <laughs> But seriously, I never really thought of doing anything else. Mm. And did you find that you had natural ability that was nurtured by this environment, or was it something that you still had to work at? Definitely something I still had to work at, yeah. But it just came... um, I I didn't necessarily always know I was going to be a graphic designer. So in high school, I was really interested in fashion design, and I entered the Smoke Free Young Designers Award, which I came first equal in for my... um, my zip tie that also doubled as a pencil case. Uh, that was in Christchurch. That was quite a laugh. So, I, you know, I wanted to be a fashion designer. Then I was keen on being an architect. Um, I can remember one day going to an event with Dad and someone saying to me, oh, just because your dad runs design works, don't think you'll ever get it, you know, don't think that means you'll just get a job as a designer. And I think that was quite formative for me because I thought I knew that I actually had to do it on my own. Um... So I went off and got my degree and, you know, worked in other places. Um, but I definitely had to work at it. I didn't get into Wellington Design School, which is where I wanted to go. I got into AUT. I guess it's messy now. Wellington Polytech back in the day because that's where Dad had gone. And technically it was the best, supposedly. She says in inverted commas. Um, but I only got into the foundation course, which would have made it four and a half years away from home. And I thought three years in Auckland. Yeah, so that's why I studied in Auckland. Mm. And um, were there any, is there anyone else that you can think of, though, that inspired you as a, a teenager and a design student? Not necessarily before I went to design school. Um, but once I was there, definitely my tutors probably replaced. So through high school and, you know, doing design as a, um, as a subject... Dad was always the one I would, you know, go to to ask to be encouraged. And then once I got to university, it was definitely some standout tutors, one being Welby, Welby Ings. 
and and then probably an an influence in terms of style was Bauhaus because I love typography. I was just a typography fiend. I wanted to be. I wanted to design uh, credits for films for film credits. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> And so um, when you left design school, um, at that, by that stage, um, Design Works had moved on. Um, did you work there or where no, else did you work? When I left, uh, luckily I scored my first job because of the Best Awards. So I entered my student piece in the Best Design Awards and won co-first place. And Maxim Design were the brand guardians or whatever AUT was one of their clients they took the lady from AUT and when she saw that an AUT person had won the student design she jokingly said to Mary Davy in front of me said oh you need to hire this girl because she's won this award so um yeah that was my and sorry previous at that point I was working for curious design where I was for six months so I had six months as a glorified secretary in a design business and then straight into a proper design job and that was an active choice that you wanted to work in other studios before you worked. I would with nev- your father, I never or? would have applied for a job at DesignWorks. Mm. <laughs> no, I, I think that that guy, that man, what he said, like stuck with me. Mm. Um, and Grant and I didn't plan to work together. Mm. Uh, he came to his natural end. I'd had, you know, good, good, really good grounding at Maxim, and I was really it was it was literally sort of go overseas or stay behind in, in New Zealand and start a business with Dad. It was that sliding door moment. Yeah. And I had just met a boy and I was keen to stay, so it was probably part of part of why I stayed and started Studio Alexander. And what was uh, working at Maxim like? Great. Good grounding. Uh, varied work. I learnt the best type. Like, I learnt a lot of typography stuff from Mary. She's really good. Um, in terms of process as well, like in terms of sketching ideas. And I also learned a lot from Eden Potter, who was a tutor at AUT for a long time. She was awesome. She just treated me as my equal, even though I was, you know, I'd only just graduated. Uh, Chris Jones came through there. Um, Jonathan Templeman came through there. There was quite a few um, designers who went on to do good stuff who came through when we were there. Uh, I enjoyed it. And so you talk about the sliding doors moment. Um, so that obviously was a certain moment that you thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, I'm going to start a business. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about that moment? Um, it was fun. I was, I was totally naive. I knew nothing about design business, but I knew that we would have fun together. With Dad and I, we started brainstorming. We were going to call it Eat, Sleep, Walk, Talk Design or Brandy Alexander. We had all sorts of names. We came up with a manifesto. I mean, he was just one thing that Grant slash Dad is really good at is nurturing young talent. And he really invested in me in teaching me both business and design practice. And did you start out as a straight graphic designer within the company or were you straight into the kind of I sort of did both, (laughs) funnily enough. um, For the first six months, I managed the MYOB accounts. It was my job to do the invoicing. Um, But at the same time, I was the designer, uh, very much under the watchful eye of, of Dad. But then we grew pretty quickly. And when you say, was I natural at it, I'm... 
definitely more of an ideas strategy project manager designer than a craft designer I don't have the discipline I don't have the patience I get bored too easily so when the with the business growing I naturally found myself in a project management uh, strategy role and not in a craft craft role we employed good designers to do that and did you undertake any kind of um, formal training on the business, business, business side? side or? Um, I mean, over the years, I'd do things like, I don't know, go to Better by Design or it wasn't semi-permanent in those days. I can't make the, um, what's the Australian one? The Agda one. Mm. Um, but no, I learned business stuff on the job. My dad is, Grant, is very much as interested in his business as he is in design. And so... I just learnt on the job. I'd go to directors' meetings and I learnt how to read a spreadsheet and I learnt how to write budgets and I learnt to read NBR and be interested in what was happening and just nurture that at the same time as nurturing design. And did the graphic design industry live up to your expectations from experiencing it through your dad's eyes? Uh, Did you have kind of a rose-tinted view of it? I probably did. And for the first 10 years, absolutely it did. But then... For me, the change came when Better by Design came along. And I think they actually, although they may have, may have done some great things for helping manufacturing businesses become design-led, I think they were part of the undoing of a really good, maybe not the undoing, just the change of the New Zealand design, graphic design industry. Mm-hmm. They were certainly not a positive effect on our business. And was that in terms of um, how people got projects or networks or...? The process became too complicated, basically. And, And it's hard enough to persuade a board or a chief executive to spend money on design, but then when you've also got another hoop to jump through... I know their role was the Better by Design people was there to help them understand the value, but I think they actually almost got in the way in the end. Um, and then it definitely very much started to feel like it was a political game and it was who you knew and there was just ne- yet more networking, you know. Mm-hmm. You realise that design, graphic design as a discipline is one thing to be good at that but if you are not a natural networker communicator business person you need to go and work for someone who is so obviously talking about that was quite a big change in the industry within those 15 years that you were designer and managing director at studio alexander were there any other kind of big changes that you saw in that time yeah the digital change um i I was I've I was a lover of web from early on. Just personally liked it, um, and then also because my my brother started Endemic World, the online design store in those days, and now online print store, or online and offline print store. I was quite exposed to digital stuff, web stuff early on, and it just was naturally where I where I ended up. So. That's definitely been a change because I think what also came with that is advertising companies started to step more on design companies' toes around brand work that I hadn't seen before. And I think that was to do with um, it all became about media and advertising and storytelling. 
rather than just about brand and core graphic work and also the speed that things happened. So people didn't necessarily need to spend a lot, lot of time on um, design guidelines and, and craft because it's happening so quickly and you can't dictate what it looks like online. So it all became about more about the advertising and the sell. Um, so definitely that, that was a big change. And I think we're still seeing that now accelerating. Yeah, still changing. And people even talk about um, potentially not having an interface. Yeah. And having a, a bot. Yeah. And yeah. what do you think that means for the future of graphic design? Um, good design, no matter what discipline you're in, comes down to how good your relationship with with your client. So, I mean, a bot's not going to be able to design something that's going to be long-lasting. So I can't see, you know, maybe the, the tools that we use to turn those ideas into something physical might get faster and be done by less trained people but you're always going to need a good communicator and problem solver at the beginning. So in these 15 years, you won many best awards, you became a DINS fellow, and then you um, obviously had kind of a moment or series of moments where you were going to realise you were going to step away from a career as a graphic designer and running a successful studio. So what was this moment for you? Mm, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't one moment. It was definitely over a period of time. Uh, I had so Studio Alexander was cranking along 15 years I was managing director temporarily while my father went off he had a he had a heart op and so I saw that and you know basically ran it without Grant being around and I enjoyed that and so I went when he came back I carried on as managing director and we we were growing the business at the same time however I was having my children I had two I had two kids and I found the um, the brain what I call the brain switch or the whatever that had to go on between dropping the kids off at school and having a conversation with the mums about my kids to going to present to Fletcher Building corporate team about the annual report that I personally couldn't make that brain switch as quickly as was required and I just didn't have the brain capacity to be doing the business research that was required to be in that because my role was very much around business and selling and getting projects off the ground and so the type of clients we had which were quite corporate clients I found that brain just just a too hard <laughs> basically <laughs> and so I had no idea what I was going to do next I just thought if I I'm either all in or I'm all out I'm like that with anything I do and so I said to dad slash grant I'm all out and was about to take a year off really. That takes real guts though to realise that you're going to you know um, stop something that you've committed to training in and establishing yep. a career in yeah um so I imagine it must have kind of been quite a nerve-wracking time. It was I think I think looking back I probably actually reached burnout I think my body actually just said look sorry I'm not going to give you any more energy for this you're mm. you're done um I had a very I have a very 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 supportive amazing partner so that was definitely part of it he'd been 
poor thing. He'd been um, he was year two of a digital app, a mobile app business startup that he was running. And so I'd been the breadwinner while he was doing that, and I said, "Look, sorry, but you're going to have to go back and find full time work because I'm quitting my job." Um, which, in hindsight, has worked out really well for him. So you know, you just have to yeah, you just have to take a leap of faith, basically. And if your body's telling you you've got to stop, you just stop, mm. figure it out. So you had a year off, or not even a year no. off, before you found the next thing. I had a couple of months off. It was sort of January, February, and I painted the fence, got RSI, <laughs> and then I've just stepped back a bit to um, one thing that happened in the last. Uh, how many years? Maybe the last four or five years of in Studio Alexander was Endemic World, my brother's business. And while I was off on my first maternity leave, I worked with him, not at Studio Alexander, but just with Endemic World. And I saw how fast-paced startup businesses have to work, and I had an insight into online businesses. And I kept that connection with Endemic because I really enjoyed the work, and I enjoyed working with my brother. Just before I left Studio Alexander, Endemic World did what we call a pivot, where it went from a design, an online design store to an online art print store. And so we had, we had a launch, and it was my job to run the launch, and it was an event. And we set up um, in this big dungeon basement space. We created like little rooms of styled rooms with like a lounge and a kitchen. And I think that, unbeknownst to me, that was kind of my taste of in of doing design, but not in a graphic computer sense. It was it was interior design. It was event styling. It was styling. I didn't even know what styling was. <laughs> I didn't even know they existed. So fast forward, taking a couple of months off, backtrack, sorry. There was one other project that also had an influence I think on where I ended up and that was that the last brand project I did with Studio Alexander was taking a real estate agent from working for Premium to her own business. So she owned Penny Milne, she owned Premium Hearn Bay and she wanted to go out on her own and so we created a, a um, brand for her, she became Milne & Co and part of doing that I had to delve into the industry of real estate and it was a really quick project hard and fast, I learned a lot really quickly. So I kind of left Studio Alexander having just done a real estate brand project and this event styling, I think they were probably just processing in my brain. And then lo and behold, the people in the front house, because we lived down a right of way, I saw a car parked in there with home staging and I thought, oh, the neighbours are selling their house. I, I can't even, I don't even know that I knew what home staging was. I wrote myself a business card and put a note and put it under her door and said if you need someone to stage your house let me know I live in the house behind and she gave me the job <laughs> so I had four days basically to clean tidy go out and buy a whole lot of furniture as it was an empty house and stage her house loved it had the time of my life and went oh yeah this, this could be all right and so I just fell into it totally unplanned and what is it about it that you love? Is it that kind of that you're hands-on creating? Yeah, I think it's that it's it's short deadlines. Every project's different. It's solving problems without. It's solving interior and in, home staging is what I'm talking about here. Home staging is about going into a space and making it look the best it possibly can 
with no budget to knock out walls or paint anything, no budget to go out and buy the perfect furniture. You have to work with what you've got in stock and work with what's already there and work with the client. So it's a whole lot of things in the mix. I just think I love the challenge, the problem solving, because being a designer is about solving problems, and that's what I like. So the skills of graphic design then obviously are transferring to this interior design discipline. So do you think that graphic design is a good kind of solid grounding that can go across multiple I definitely think it is because there's graphic design is about solving a problem, communicating with people. Um, Then when you get into the the actual disciplines of the the physical work, it's about use of colour, grid, layout, pace, um, storytelling, and it's always got some kind of parameter around it. And so there's definitely those disciplines, definitely around colour. Colour's one... I love colour, and I th- and colour is definitely something I bring into a lot of the work that I do. And the other thing that is, you have you do actually have to be good at managing projects. Generally, most graphic designers, if you're if you rise through the ranks or run your own business, you're pretty good at managing projects. And so that disciplines definitely come across for me. Do you think you'd ever go back to graphic design, or you you know you talked about um, that you love the big idea and the strategy and that's your strength and potentially it's not um, getting down to the detail and the craft. Yep. Um, so therefore, you know, is is that where it wouldn't marry up for you again in um, the future? I still dabble in it. <laughs> uh, usually, one thing I always... How do I say this? The thing I love... The thing that became important for me when I made my change was working with people that I get on with and I enjoy and I like. So regardless of budget, I wanted to just be able to work with people that I enjoy. So what I can do now is if someone comes to me and they've, they've got a business problem, I'm like, yeah, I can help you. And as long as I can get good value for my time... Um, then I'll go and help them. So, for example, I'm working with an old family friend at the moment. She's in her 60s and she's run a shop for a a long time and she wants to take that shop online so that she doesn't have to have premises and staff and, you know, she's making a life change. And she, her daughter is a digital strategist, so she could go to her to get her to build a website. But it's, for me, it's about more than that. I've been able to write her a business strategy for how to actually take her business from having a bricks and mortar store to having a physical store. But then, so there's the technical side of that, platforms used and stuff. But then it's also about how does she photograph her content? How does she style it? Because it's quite a, it's a lifestyle product. You know, she wants to look like Father Rabbit, but there's only one of her and she hasn't done it before. Where am I going with that? Probably just that it's not... There's a tiny bit of graphic design at the end where I'm going to redraw her logo and set her up with a square space and choose some colour palettes and typefaces for her. But that's such a small part of the actual overall change. Mm. And so I still do graphic design, but usually when it fits into a bigger scheme of something. And do you keep... um, Like, do you read blogs and keep up with what's happening in graphic design? No, I can't read actually I probably haven't tried for a while um, I should just actually just probably pick up a 
pure, visually enjoyable. I would naturally always go to like Ideologue or something and I'd read the the business side of design. I haven't tried picking up just a pure graphic design for a long time. <laughs> I still see it on Pinterest, I get guess. I still appreciate it. It's just um, books is my thing. I probably see them in books. Yeah. Design. And so you're working in interior design now, and obviously you haven't had any formal training in that. So how have yeah. you navigated that, and have yeah. you come up against kind of some backlash from established interior designers or no to be honest most of the most of the difficulty of starting in a career where you're not formally changed sorry not formally um trained is yourself so the biggest challenge has been me not thinking that I can charge a decent amount of money because I'm not trained and I finally got that. It's only taken five years. <laughs> that I, I have skills. Um, naturally, I can do it. And it, to be honest, it doesn't. At my age, with the amount of um, varied background I've got, doesn't matter whether I've got an interior design degree or not. So, having said that, you have to be able to have the confidence to to fulfil that, and you've got to get to that in your own way. Um, uh, so there's two ways I've done that. One is by doing home staging leading into interior design. I've had to go hard and fast into a lot of different environments and I've learnt very quickly what different spaces are like. So bungalows and villas and mid-century and like I've... And I've, so I've done that very quickly. So I've got a, a background of um, knowledge, I guess, that's been built up quite fast and then the other thing is I do I have seeked out training with people who I admire and one of those is Megan Morton at the school and I've been to two of her courses and invested a fair amount in that going there and that funnily enough the second one I did which was really recently and it was you know it was an investment time and money what it did was when I came away from that I went I already know it but it was validation, and that validation is really important. So the validation then gave me the confidence to go, right, I know what I'm doing, I know as much as other people, I can charge X, Y, and not have to feel like, um, you know, they're going to find out, you know, that I'm not really an interior designer. I always say to people that I'm an interior stylist rather than an interior designer because I think that one big difference between graphic and interior that I have found is that in interior design you have to know the paint colours, the surfaces, the wood, the carpet, the flooring, the, you know, there's just so much more product knowledge you have to have. Whereas in graphic design, it's basically colour, paper, type, type fonts, and, you know, maybe a few, you've got to know your programs, but there's not as many tools that, that change. There's not as many options. I mean, in interior design, it's just like, and even choosing fabric you just go into three different fabric stores and have a complete meltdown because like how am I going to choose which velvet there's just too many options and do you want to um, tell us about what you're working on now and what you're excited about yeah okay um well I've always wanted to publish a book I never really knew what the book was going to be about until sitting boxing day this this year just gone I thought you know what I've got enough stuff that I've learnt and seen in my five years that I've been doing interior styling. How about I see if I've got enough for a book? Turned out I did, and that comes out in 
I don't know when this is being published, so in a, around about the time that you're listening to this, there's a book out <laughs> called Finishing Touches, and it's about how to find grace in your place. I've got a firm belief that everyone deserves to have some of their dream home and the reality, and not to always be waiting for that perfect opportunity or that perfect house and go, oh, I'll just live in chaos for now because, you know, it's not the dream home. Mm. Um, so that's one thing I'm working on. Also got recently an opportunity to go on TV with Peter Wolfcamp from The Block. Uh, luckily enough, I already knew him, so it was quite cool. I didn't feel too, you know, scary. And turns out I loved being on camera. That was fun. So I'm hoping that'll turn into another opportunity. And I'm getting more and more people asking for me to come in and help them revive a space. It might be, for example, I've got clients at the moment who have a downstairs space that they're going to put on Airbnb and it's always just sort of been the dump junk room for all their old furniture and they want to turn that space into something really special. So I go in there and and I can help them do that without... I think the other thing with not being trained in interior design is I don't have... I don't have a thing where they have to do it in a certain way. Um, I probably am a bit more pragmatic about it. I say, look, you could, yes, you could paint the whole room and you could turn, take that door out and, you know, that's that at that end, or we could just change the bed linen and cushions and that would make a difference. So I work on a wide scope and I think that's why people are picking up on that. And so I just want to do more and more, mm. of, more of that. And styling. I just, want to, I just want to style shoots. I just want to basically go out for the day and find all sorts of interesting things and put them together and make beauty, which is where Megan Morton comes in. So, And um, do you have uh, things that you do to relax and disconnect from your work and family and reconnect to yourself to energise your work? I'm not very good at that. Never have been, but definitely better than I used to be. Um... It's little things like, for example, I'll be sitting at my cafe. Well, every day, I pretty much, I go to my cafe and have a coffee. It's, I see people, you have random conversations. You never know who you're going to bump into. Yet at the same time, there's some of the same people. So that's my regular ritual because I work by myself. Um, and some days I'll be like, you know what? I haven't actually just sat at the beach for a while. So I go and sit down at the beach and turn my phone off and watch the dog. And I also have to say, I'm probably at least one day a month I'd spend the whole day in bed, not on a weekend, not doing anything. I literally just sleep, read my magazines, listen to the radio. So, yeah. And that's kind of, sound, you know, it sounds like you are good at that self-care yeah. in terms of working and um, having children. Yeah. I listen to my body a lot more than I used to. Mm. Yeah. So you just know when, you never know when you're going to have to do it. But when you wake up one morning and you go, you know what, I've just got to take today off, then unless I have to do something, I will take that day off. I'm lucky that I do have a nurse, a part-time assistant. So usually there's, I can you know, ask her to do something if I have to and I have to take the day out. So do you think you'll be running Places and Graces in 15 years' time or is it the challenge of the new and the unknown that excites you? Um, yes, um, I will be. I do like the fact that it changes. Probably one of my biggest challenges is I've got so many ideas it's doing one idea really well. Um, but I've definitely got a long-term vision, I guess, for what I want it to be. I want Places and Graces to be a sustainable 
business that enables me to do the things that I really enjoy doing and then also bring joy to other people's lives through what I do. So whatever, you know, whatever that may look like or turn into, I don't know. And do you have any um, words of advice for um, people, designers, that are considering making a, a change like you mm. did? I think just generally being creative can be mentally challenging and it's finding I think finding a way to work that fits in with the other parts of your life because I've spoken to other creatives and I think it's probably a common thing where when we're in a project we're in a project and we'd be happy if we didn't even have to go to the toilet let alone sleep and talk to other people and cook dinner and look after kids. You're just like, will all of that just go away, please? Because I just want to do this creative thing that's giving me such a buzz. It gives you adrenaline. It's probably like sports people. So it's finding a... Just everyone's lives are different. You know, my kids come and go to their to their dad's house. So for me, my job has to fit in with that change of flow. Other people, you know, there might be something else. So finding a way for your job to fit within however your life works... Um, I'm sure I had another piece of advice, but that's probably the main one. <laughs> Thanks very much, Kate. For more information in relation to this interview, please go to the podcast links and resources on our website, designassembly.org.nz.